1: Hello, and welcome to a new video series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Sonaldo, who I'll introduce in a second, will join me, Pras, to talk about the key burning questions for the week. The idea for these videos will be to do a short and snappy segment on the one or two topics that the community is focused on. But instead of covering these multiple themes, we'll try to go a bit deeper into only a handful of them. Some weeks, we'll even invite community fans or folks who've done an in-depth article or analysis on Twitter to give their views. In a nutshell, we'll try to keep it short, insightful, and to the point. So very excited to first and foremost introduce my co-host Sonaldo. Hi Sonaldo, how are you?
0: Hi Pros. thank you for that lovely introduction. And I look forward to joining you in, in our new venture of ours. Um, to the viewers, my name is Andy. I go by the handle at fplsonaldo on Twitter. Uh, and I've been very involved recently, uh, this year especially, um, running a enabler show on Twitter space with my good friend Bruno. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm the biggest Hung uh, Min Son fan. Uh, being from Korea, uh, I have an everlasting love for football, and it's allowed me to find a great passion in FPL. Uh, one of my main goals is to really grow the game of FPL in Korea, and I've been doing a lot of YouTube uh, in Korean as well. Um, so you know we really hope to indulge the, the viewers with key topics every week uh, in terms of FPL. Also Pross, I know you don't like this being mentioned, but for the new viewers, um, Pros is a very extremely uh, extremely successful manager with uh, you know years and years of experience coupled with great
1: ranks. So please do introduce yourself as well, uh, Pross. Uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, look, I've been playing FPL for about uh, 11 years myself. Uh, love playing the game, love doing analysis, thinking about it. it, you know, spend way too much time on this. So I'm glad to be doing a weekly series, hopefully, um, to basically think more about it. I think, I think doing these uh, helps me personally to kind of forcefully dig a bit deeper on topics that I'm thinking about, not be lazy in making some decisions which can happen. So, you know, very excited to be doing this. Um, as for me, as a football fan, I've supported Manchester United since 1994, which sort of gives away my age. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a turbulent time for me as a fan. But almost, you know, the time in which I've played FPL uh, was also the downturn of Manchester United. So I've always moved, almost moved my football passion into FPL passion, of course, maintaining the football fan in me uh but uh, you know i love i love playing fpl and uh, you know hopefully uh, we'll love doing these videos in the future with you absolutely mm. so first let's let's go into the segment um, you know in in the theme as i mentioned uh, that that we'll be doing these we'll keep these short so you know our agenda for for these uh, you know typically will include talking about our game week a uh, couple of topics maybe one or two and then talking about our transfers and captaincy. So on this video first, uh, as I said, we'll talk about our teams. The first topic that we want to talk about is the third Liverpool slot. Um, they, you know, we've, we've been presented with an opportunity uh, with two injuries. One is to Robertson and one is to Firmino. What does that mean for us FPL managers? Is it an opportunity or a trap to go for the replacements? Mm. The second topic we'll talk about is, of course, with Andy on, we'll talk about the case for Son. Everyone is, you know, Gaga over Kane, given his two hat-tricks over the international break. Are we forgetting Son? Is he somebody we should be thinking about as well? We'll talk about that in our second segment, and then we'll end it off with what we're thinking in terms of our captaincy and transfers. Perfect. Um, So to begin with, uh, we will go briefly through game week 11
0: and uh, do a team review. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know it's been an infinite amount of time since game week eleven. It's been, you know feels like forever ago. So uh, let's just briefly go through your team. Uh, I have your team up here, Pross. Um Do you want to talk
1: us through what happened in game week eleven? Sure. I mean, I think m- more broadly, uh, I- I'll talk about my team because listeners will or, or you know the people watching the video will be getting to know my team for the first time. So just in terms of structure, I've got Ramsdale in goal. Uh, I I play four at the back most weeks with Trent, Chilwell, James, and Cancelo. Uh, Then I have Salah, Foden, Sun in midfield, Antonio and Tony up top. And then I rotate between Mbumo, Livramento, Armstrong, Brownhill. Uh, Well, Brownhill always permanent third bench. And, you know, the rotation doesn't always work well, as you can see this week. But uh, look, I ended up on 63 points last week. Not many people remember what happened, so I won't go much into it. Mm. But uh, you know, doing well decently. I, I don't remember being under hundred k this early in the season ever. So oh. I'm not used to a decent start. We'll see how it goes. How nice. about you?
0: Uh, a quick question on that, um, Pros. As an experienced manager, where do you see yourself being in terms of rank by I would say mid-season of FPL? Uh, i know you just mentioned that you're under 100k which is fantastic um you know a lot of our goals is to get into that top ten top 10k rank um for those that may be lower in the ranks uh is it uh, a worrying sign to be lower in the ranks right now
1: or, or would you not worry too much about it not not really i mean mm. to be honest rank is irrelevant till christmas according to me because mm. You know, now we're getting into the phase, the first 10 weeks, 11 weeks, you know, a lot of teams were similar. You start off with, uh, you know, everyone having obviously a game week one wildcard where you can almost, you know, look at other teams, make make the decisions based on the masses. And then you have a first wildcard where you can, again, recalibrate your team to what everyone else is thinking. Now, this is basically the deep end, right? I mean, you've got, um, I think, something like 10 game weeks in 40 days coming up. So, this is now information will come thick and fast. This is when the season managers who are clued on, who know about what's happening, you know whether it's key injuries, fixture swings, new managers, a lot of information will come. There's no wild card to kind of recalibrate your teams. This is where I think the the better managers play out. And then over the second half of the season, you have the double game weeks blanks. so in in short, to answer your question, I think there's a lot of time to rise in ranks. I think even though we're just over twenty five percent of the season done, there's a lot of ground you can make up. I think anyone under 400k still has a chance. Um, you know, maybe even above that, you'll need a little bit of more luck. But under 400k, you're easily okay for a top 100k, top 50k, even a top 10k finish. So no need mm-hmm. to panic. If you're an engaged manager listening to these videos, uh, you know, on on social media or on fantasy football, um, you know, chat chat rooms, then you you are an engaged manager and you'll be fine as the season goes.
0: Fantastic. Um, So yeah, I'll quickly run through my team. Uh, You know, my team is very similar to yours. I I do have the exact same backline and uh, Cancelo, uh, Trent, uh, James, Chilwell, as well as Libermento. Um, So I'm very happy with this team moving forward. I do have Foden, Jota, Salah, and uh, Kane in my team, although my handle is FPL Sonaldo. I won't talk too much about what happened. Um, You know, 62 points, very good. But the reason I have Kane in my team is because in game week, eight I was on a wild card and if you remember um, you know COVID for Son was an issue so I freaked out and I sold um, Son and went for Lukaku Werner that that week and guess what happens is they both get injured in the midweek um, and so I naturally with the limited amount of transfers we have uh, moved to Kane and uh, you know I just kind of Found find myself in a situation where I'm going to have to go forward with Kane. I do have one free transfer coming up, so um, I'll try to see how Sun does. But for now, I'm, I'm very, very happy with my team. And you know, one, one of the things, as you mentioned, is I'm not too panicked about my rank because I feel like I'm in a very similar position as to where I was last year. And if people were wildcarding, I think I do have a lot of players that people would wildcard into. So very, very happy with this team uh, moving forward. So let's... Uh, yeah, so let's move on to the first question, which was, um, you know, a hot topic in regards to the third Liverpool spot slot that is being opened up. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries going on with Liverpool. Uh, and our Greek hero in game week one, uh, Tsimikas is also returned to the fray. Uh, same with Jota, who is an, you know, out of position, amazing uh, attacker for the best attacking team in the league. So, uh guide us through what you're thinking and and um you know I have the fixtures for Liverpool up here so um go ahead
1: thank you so so look I mean on this topic first what, what do we know so far we know that Firmino's out till mid December so if you look at the fixtures uh, essentially mid December takes you until Newcastle at home so you're talking Arsenal at home Southampton Everton away Wolves away Villa at home Newcastle at home these are a good set of fixtures six that you can have Jota pretty much guaranteed to play and you know that the, the smidgen of doubt that Origi could have started uh, you know instead of Jota is also now removed because Origi also got uh, injured last night as far as i understand we don't know his return date but you're basically saying that you know you get Jota for 6 weeks but wait it's actually more mm-hmm. because once let's say Firmino comes back let's put 19th december as a target date I don't think he will just kind of be thrown into the team and Jota replaced for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a very busy time of the year. So you see that Liverpool have a fixture game week 19 on the 26th, 20th, uh, sorry, 26th and then 28th of December is game week 20. 2nd of Jan is game week 21. So you have games coming in thick and fast. You can't have somebody who's had a serious hamstring injury just kind of thrown into all these games. So Jota should get a lot of minutes as Firmino comes back up to speed and then the third most important point is the africa cup of nations which is starting from the 9th um it's it's from the from january 20th i think is uh, the group phase is from the 9th till january 20th and then the final is on the 6th of feb mm-hmm. so the reasons we have this fixture up is you can see that they will possibly also miss game week 22 23 and 24. There is a big in, there's a big break in the middle, mm-hmm. which is our you know our winter break for the Premier League teams. But even so, you'd expect Salah and Mane to miss out on some of these games. What this means for Jota is that you're basically getting him for the long term. You're waiting. Yes, he may he may be rotated in some of these games, but you're getting somebody in for the long term. The second bit that is because we're talking about the Liverpool slot is the opportunity with Simicas. Now Robertson uh, you know hob- hobbled off with a hamstring injury uh, for Scotland earlier this week. We don't yet know at the time of recording this is Wednesday uh, afternoon so we don't yet know how long Robertson is out for. But for the for the purposes of this discussion let's assume it's it's a few weeks. Um you know you have an opportunity to buy a 3.9 million defender and we're going to make a case for him pros and cons on whether that's somebody to look at. So we just wanted to give you with the fixtures a lay of the land on what you're getting. If it's Jota, it's not a short term opportunity anymore, unlike earlier in the season. So before I move to the next one, what's your experience with Jota and Simicas? Did you own them, uh, Sonaldo, at all early season?
0: Yeah, great question. Actually, uh, you know, I-, I remember in game week one when we were formulating our teams, uh, the key thing was Jota versus Simicas, right? And I went with Jota. Um, obviously, there was a lot of pain uh, with uh him missing from basically, you know, a yard away from the goal. I remember that sky ball, and uh, you know, there's a lot of noise about Jota kind of being a frustrating own. Um, you know, he definitely looks threatening, and he's amazing with the header, right? He he just seems to be able to get those head headers in, even with his size. So. Uh, I, I am a big fan of Jota. I have Jota. I brought him in last week. He was just too good of, uh, of an option to ignore. Um, and I do remember talking to you about this uh, when I was making the move, and I know you were very bullish on him as well. So uh, for me, I, I I look forward to ha- owning Jota. Um, and it seems like Origi also kind of is injured. Uh, I, th- I don't know if it's fully confirmed yet, but... Uh, I think if given the minutes, uh, I I know that Klopp likes to sub him out here and there, but um, I think within with given the minutes and the team's ability, I'm sure I'm sure he'll come good in the next um, long term game weeks.
1: Yeah, I think I think one one piece of advice uh, for for people listening is don't have past biases on a player just because he didn't deliver. Nice. Uh, I think it's important to look at how the player did in general and not remember i also remember exactly the the miss you're talking about mm-hmm. because i took uh, i brought in jota by taking out simicas in year uh, in game week four because i just felt i had to go for it robertson was back uh Firmino was injured that was the opportunity to flip and this is why actually thinking about how many liverpool players you want and not wanting to get um you know locked out of getting a you can't have a fourth. So if if you went for a semi for example, you're basically saying that I won't get Jota for the foreseeable future and vice versa. So that's that, you know, a couple of lessons there. Just, you know, don't hold past grudges and don't, uh, you know, make sure that you're not locked out of any transfers. Make sure you think through what you're, what you're going for.
0: Nice. Nice. Great piece
1: of advice. Right. So, If we're on the next one, which is basically how how Liverpool has done this season, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this table uh, in the spirit of keeping it short and snappy. But look, in a nutshell, Liverpool is the best attacking team in the league. If we look at minutes per XG, which is what this table is sorted as, they're far and away the best team. They've got the highest XG uh, that, that, that they have created over the first 11 games, and that's a decent enough... Uh, sample size now to tell us that this is the most attacking team in the league. Now this is no uh, big news to everyone. This is what, there's a reason why we're all perma cap Salah for now. Mm-hmm. And you know what you're trying to say is you are getting by getting a Jota, you're getting another edge in that Liverpool attack because frankly speaking, Salah is going to be close to 200% EO effective ownership pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any slice of this attack other than maybe a the 20, 20% EO that Trent gives you, because Trent is also 80% uh, effective ownership. So you're basically pretty much washing away all the Liverpool attack, the best attack in the league and not getting in it. So jota will give you that if you went for jota And then on the next one, which is essentially looking at um, you know, how jota compares to other midfielders. Now this, there is no price barrier here. This is all midfielders. There is no minutes barrier here. This is for, the, you know, XG Created in the all the 11 games. So in the, in the games where Jota was playing only 20 minutes, it's still counting that as a full game for Jota. Beautiful. He's third by all midfielders for XG Created. He is fully involved in everything that Liverpool do. He's very different to a Firmino, where Firmino's role is more to kind of press, uh, come back, and when Liverpool is attacking, be the anchor to distribute the ball over to Salah, or to Mane, and for them to be the the two inward strikers. Uh, with Jota, he's he's a lot more attacking, and you know you will. It, it's not a Firmino replacement as such. They change the way they play. With Jota being a little bit more forward, and so he's more involved. Does that mean Salah is less effective? Not really. Stats don't say so. You're basically just get getting an additional pie in the Liverpool attack through Jota. So I think for me, this is these are the two big tables that for me make a case that. If you can get to Jota, um, if it is doable, then I would go there absolutely. It's a gift. The fact that we have a striker playing for uh, the best attack in the team is 7.5 million, putting up premium numbers. So for me, the answer is an emphatic yes. If your team allows it, go for Jota.
0: So Pros, I have a question here because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Salah's uh, effective ownership is, is super high and, and this perma captain thing is probably gonna go on for a long time, right? And so if that's the case, the only way to get an edge on the field in terms of having a Liverpool asset would be, we would think normally Mane, but obviously Mane is very, very expensive and Firmino has that rotation risk. So, you know, it it makes sense, right? It makes sense because the only way to get that edge uh, of the
1: ownership is to get uh, Jota in to play alongside Salah, right? Absolutely. Look, I mean, if, if Tottenham didn't have the fixtures and money wasn't as much of an issue, then Mane is completely fine. Uh, you know, he's a good pick as well. He has been all season, frankly, as you can see in the in the midfielder's table, he is after all number two mm-hmm. uh, for XG for the season. So, uh, you know, the fact that you're getting a similar output for somebody who's 5 million cheaper is just, it's just great. And you don't have to sacrifice the team structure A lot of people will be debating if they go Rafinha to Jota, for example. Rafinha is a well-known player. I don't think it's urgent. I don't think you need to do it this week. Um, I personally would if if I had the choice, but if I was to recommend to people, I think Rafinha's fixtures for the next two or three are fine. It's only after game week 15 when they really, really stiffen up. So definitely have a plan to bring in Jota then. If you can't get to him now and you have other fires, for example, if you want, um, you know, uh, Spurs assets to get in or other injuries to deal with, but for me, that's a move I would make hundred percent.
0: Perfect. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the last one. Is a
1: word on Simikas, Um If you want to enlighten us on that, yeah. Look, I think I think Simicus is great. I mean, whenever there's a three point nine million midfielder who plays, this is this is already great, right? And when you add to the fact that it's a top three team, um, you, you know, he's playing a wing back or almost a wing back like role. Uh, we saw in the first three games that he played he is actually pretty attacking he got an assist he got 22 points in the in the three games that he's played 90 minutes so he's up there for attacking threat clean sheet potential and the fixtures so what's the catch i think the catch is that the liverpool defense isn't at the elite level that chelsea and city are so far so Mm -hmm. yes you have a player but who are you sacrificing are you going to be playing five at the back four at the back? Um, so that's a consideration. W- would you rather have a James or, or you know or a, or a Trent or a Chilwell or a Concello versus a Simica? So who are you giving up if you want to play him? And by the way, I also add to this defensive mix, Regulion and Emerson at at Spurs, um, who could be options. Although I did see today that Sanchez is injured from, from Spurs. So maybe that's not an area where you go to, but the big picture point being that you have to kind of see w- what you're giving up to go for Simicas. And more importantly, it blocks a third Liverpool option. So if you went for Simicast now um, and Jota scores a brace against Arsenal, you're stuck where I was in Game Week 3, where you want Jota really bad, but to get him, you first need to sell Simicast. And he's not gonna free up funds, he's basically 3.9 million. Mm-hmm. You have to find funds to upgrade him and then go for Jota another way. So this is it makes it really tricky to go there. So if you're going to a Simicast, I would really recommend that you you know, A have a, you know, an update on, on Robbo's injury, how long is he out for? If he's out for six to eight weeks, I can totally see people going there. Mm. And I have a very, very Maverick uh, suggestion as well, basically for people who can or want to be different <laughs> is you could downgrade Trent to do to, to Simicas. Mm. That solves your third Liverpool slot option. That solves the fact that, you know, you don't have to give up on the Chelsea and, and uh, City defenders. And then it can basically help you upgrade to a Sun and Kane. So if you wanted to have a structure where you had Simicas, Cancelo, James, Chilwell. So for example, your team, Sonaldo, you basically downgrade um, uh, Trent to Simicas and then you upgrade anyone to Sun. Now you suddenly have Sun, Kane and Salah, which basically nobody has. I'm not suggesting anyone to do that. Oh man! I'm just simply giving an option (laughs) that this exists and I would only, only go there if let's say we find out that Robbo's out really medium term, I hope not, mm-hmm. never wish injury on anyone, but that's that's one route you could explore.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like the creative thinking there and uh, you're feeding me some uh, Maverick ideas, which is uh, uh, enticing, but I, right for now, I'm gonna be very, very happy having Trent in my team. Um, but yeah. yeah, very nice. Um, so uh, so your final word on Simikes would be, um, y- you would hold off on him and, and move to Jota uh, initially, right?
1: probably yes okay. uh, look i think there's caveat central but if if, if robo is out long term i would seriously think about simica somehow mm-hmm. whether that is for Trent or for jota uh to 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 be discussed
0: okay nice okay so i guess so I think- we'll move on to uh the sun section if you don't mind yes please do okay
1: uh, you're the expert to talk about him so please go ahead
0: yeah, I guess uh, the ex- the word expert is uh, <laughs> is uh, a lot because uh, I'm just, you know, first and foremost, a, a big, big Sun fan. Um, the thing I can say is I-, I did start watching him from, I would say, 2014, um, especially during his Leverkusen days. And uh, once he moved to Spurs, I pretty much haven't missed a game the last, you know, four or five years. So uh, I-, I do consume a lot of Sun content, to say the least. Um, and you know, to to first and foremost, uh, you know, as you said, uh, Prost, there's kind of a sense in the community right now of uh, how, uh, you know, Kane is the option to go to, um, you know, especially with his back to back uh, hat tricks in the international break, adding fuel to the fire. Uh, but I will say this i think in my opinion both are totally fine as options so the argument i'm not making is one is better than the other i'm just giving my thoughts on why sun can can be and um, you know should be a very very uh, solid option moving forward Um, you know there's a lot of assumptions we're making in terms of predicting what conte is going to do and uh, you know kind of predicting fpl but you know that's the beauty of fpl right we're trying to predict the near future and i think who you bring in will most likely end up depending on your team structure um uh, hence my name is at fpl sonaldo but i have kane in my team and you uh surprisingly my friend have Son in your team which is uh, uh very reassuring for uh kind of the uh the things i'm about to say so um yeah i, I guess to the first fair, question is go ahead no sorry i was gonna say to be fair i got him before the two kane hat tricks but uh yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy you have Sun in your team, and now I'll be really cheering for him. So because uh, I don't want you to be disappointed in him. Uh, but yeah, on the surface level, um, you know, Pros, I know we talked before we recorded this, and the thing that stood out to me is that you mentioned how Sun is two million cheaper than Kane. Um, about so. The question that we need to be asking us uh, as FPL managers is, is he really worth two million more, Harry Kane? Um, And I think that's an argument for another day. But uh, a question you should ask yourself uh, for the viewers. Um, You know, Sun has been the key player for Spurs so far this season, has definitely looked much more of a threat throughout the season uh, on the eye test. And even with the team struggling, he has managed to score four out of nine Spurs goals with two assists and an FPL goal involvement of 67% for Spurs, which is very reassuring. So basically, if Spurs are scoring, uh, there's a very high likelihood that uh, Son is involved. And most most importantly, he's uh, involved in set pieces as well, uh, in, including corners, which, you know, increases his chance of getting... Uh, bonus points. Um, So I broke it down into a couple of um, sections, but uh, hopefully I can quickly go through it. But the main question I asked myself is this, uh, what have I observed of Sun lately, including the international break, because I'm sure a lot of people haven't watched the Korea games. And uh, number two is what I think Conte and Sun, the chemistry between Sun and Conte might uh, give us uh, FPL managers uh, in the near future. So the first thing was um, Sunny played uh, really, really well over this international break. I think for you, Pross, as well as other managers that do have him, uh, it should be very reassuring. Uh, we played two very crucial World Cup qualifying matches, and it was um, it was both great results. By the way, Huang got on the score sheet in the first game, and Huang also looked very good for those managers that have Huang Yichan uh, and. You know, Sun looked very, very dangerous uh, and and very light on his feet, and could have easily hauled in the first game. Uh, in the first game, Sun hit the woodwork twice, had seven shots on target, two shots, on, uh, seven shots, two shots on target, five key passes, and there was a significant moment which I have displayed up here, where he received the ball from our side of the half, dribbled past you know like three, four defenders, and eventually got on his left foot, shot and hit, hit the woodwork. So. Why I'm showing this is because it reminded me of that Burnley goal, and he has, you know, this knack of scoring kind of crazy goals from out of nowhere. You know, both footed, so it's very, very dangerous from any side. Um, and and I thought it was a significant moment in the game. In the second international game, he uh, did have a goal as well as an assist. So uh, we look very good in qualifying for the World Cup. Um, so I'm very, very excited uh, on the eye test of the international break. I do have a question for you here, Pross. Um, How important do you, you know, view international break? And do you think it's part of your decision-making process?
1: Not really, to be honest. I mean, other <laughs> than the fact that if they're healthy, I mean, mm-hmm. you say, look, I mean, I I give you a snarky answer. But actually, to be honest, it's good that they score. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's good that they're looking confident. But had he scored nothing that won't have worried me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's for me purely international break is about if you hold the player, you're holding, you're, you're crossing your fingers that, you know, they, they, they come out unscathed from out of it. So whether he scores one goal, three goals doesn't matter, which is why I think, you know, the whole Kane thing is also overblown. Those were really, really easy games for, for England. Exactly. But you know, people kind of play the narratives in the way that they want in the fact that yes, now Kane is, um, uh, you know, now he's confident and he's, he has the eye for goal. You could also make a devil's advocate case, which Seb Seb Vassell actually uh, posted on Twitter. He said, look, this also makes a case that Kane can actually do it and he just can't be asked for Spurs to do it. <laughs> so is that basically, you know, the narrative that you want to spin? So you can go either way with where you want to go with, um, you know, international goals and performances. I think Sun is 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 great. So it's, it's good to hear that he continues to be pivotal to um you know South Korea. Mm. And actually I had not heard that he scored and assisted over the international break mm. because you know all these cane buyers are are all over the place with his seven goals. <laughs> um
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was he looked fantastic, but you, you make some great points there. Um, you know, international break we should take lightly. Um the second point I, I do want to get to is just uh, very briefly some historical uh data backing up you know Sun's lethal ability. Um I did put out a tweet earlier today about uh, how, you know, in the last five seasons, he's really been consistently putting in, uh, you know, a lot of goals as well as assists. So uh, it's a very good sign. And uh, I want to share this uh, graph from The Independent about uh, how, you know, lethal of a finisher uh, Sun Hung min is uh, from 2016 till this is, I think, made last season. Uh, he's right up there in terms of Europe's elite attacking, uh, and he's leading in, t- in terms of exceeding his XG. And I know you're a big fan of XG, as we saw in the Jota uh, proof. But, uh, you know, simply put, uh, it means that he's converting more clinically, missing fewer chances than any other elite attacker. Um, so this tells me that when he's firing, there's an opportunity for him to score a lot. And um, And, you know, the previous tweet I showed, uh, showed his consistency over the season. And, you know, these premium players are premium players for a reason, right? They're going to deliver over uh, the season. And it's just a matter of kind of as FPL managers predicting when they're going to score. And you would reckon that uh, with the sea of green fixtures for Spurs, uh, there's an opportunity here to jump on uh, Sun and Kane as well. Um, I did do a little bit more in-depth research, and I won't get into uh, too much numbers, but what I did find out was that, uh, you know, Sun likes to score in congested periods. I remember two seasons ago, I think when Harry Kane was injured, I think it was in January or February, he scored and scored seven goals and assisted four in like, uh, I think it was like four or five games. So you know, he has that ability to score in bunches, which is great for FPL managers. And in the last three seasons, he scored seventeen back-to-back goals, uh, which is uh, a fantastic sign. Um, and Ah, uh, something we 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 would really like a lot. Um, so, uh, very promising stats. The third thing I want to get to. Go ahead.
1: Sorry, just to, sorry to interrupt. Uh, would you say he's he's more streaky, or he's you know he's just generally puts up elite numbers and and is consistent, or because there's a there's a theory around certain players. You know, I think Sterling was one. Mm. Uh, Jota is another one where they basically score in in batches. So once once they score one, you have to hop onto them quickly. Uh, and they go through dry spells as well. Do you in in the past do you see San as somebody like that, or is is he more consistent?
0: I think that's a great question. I you know the way I got these uh, this data uh, in the last three seasons is I actually looked at every single one of his goals from uh, the last six or five seasons. So. Uh, from looking at that, what I noticed is it's kind of an iffy answer. Um, I think he's streaky. I definitely think he go, has these games, uh, a bunch of games where he doesn't score. I, I'm sure he's still effective in those games, but uh, I think he's generally a more streaky player. But at the same time, he's pretty consistent as well. So um, what I will say is that, for example, last season from game week two to six, I believe he had eight goals. Um, And of course, that is a a result of the combination that Kane and and Son were showing last season. But regardless, uh, that's always a good sign. Um, So Um, a great question. Mm -hmm.
1: From Mm Son to KDB last season. But anyway, (laughs) I interrupted.
0: So, yeah. And the third thing was, uh, you know, today Premier League, and I think on the Premier League Fantasy web's, uh app, um, there was an article called "History Shows Clubs Will Get New Manager Bounce." So there's, you know, this hot topic of whether new manager bounce is a real thing or or whether it's, um, you know, just a narrative that exists in in the, in the cloud, but actually, new manager bounce was proven to be uh, real. Um, so from 2017 to 18, there were 26 managerial changes. 20 of those cases have averaged more points per match in the first five matches in charge than the team season average before the appointment. I'm reading this word for word. Um, So in nine cases, 35% uh, of the incoming managers doubled the points per match. Basically, with the pedigree that Conte has and Spurs uh, green fixtures coming, you must think that this new manager bounce is going to have an immediate effect in in terms of results i will say the caveat to this is that uh you know Conte generally is a is a tactician right he's very smart with uh playing with what he has initially and you know in the Everton game we saw a little bit more of a defensive structure so uh, i'm not sure how attacking spurs are going to be but um i guess my question to you pros here is Uh, Do you think this new manager balance, especially with not just Spurs, but all these new managers coming in, is something that uh, we should consider?
1: Yeah, I think so. Look, uh, this is real, but, you know, we'll talk about this in other Burning Question series topics. But, uh, you know, when there's a new manager, essentially past data is, is less relevant. This is why, you know, we don't need to look at Kane's XG or Sun's XG over the last 10 game weeks. Because now it's a different manager, different positions, so we're trying to kind of make assumptions on how this will play out. So we're picking on very small, small details like Conte moved, for, you know, from a uh, you know a three-five a three-four-three three to a three-five-two when he did. Sun was up top, mm. but then San was also subbed off during the games. So is he important? Is he not? We also made references to him not pressing as much as Kane and, and Lucas Mora. So what does that mean? Is he going to be in the bad books and, and be subbed off more? Or is he basically the guy who's getting a more free role? You can a lot of people will be spinning narratives based on where they can go. Mm. And I still maintain that both Sun and Kane are excellent options. I think given where we are and how much Conte appreciates Kane, Kane is slightly better. But how much is slightly? Is it two million worth of mm. FPL money? Or is it is it less, especially at a time when we're not captaining or people might, but at this stage, I mean, if you're if not captaining, you know, um, Kane against Leeds versus Salah against Arsenal, then I don't see many other fixtures where you do that. So if it's not about captaincy over the next four game weeks, I see both Kane and Sung doing really well. Hmm. It's more a case of who you can get to with team structure. Don't be taking hits. Just because you can't get to Kane and, and, you know, you'd have to go Sun. I think Sun is perfectly fine. Uh, He will do well. Whether he does as well as Kane is is a big question mark. Uh, But then there's question marks on Kane as well. I mean, this segment isn't about Kane. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could could talk about that once we see a couple more games and do a Sun versus Kane analysis again. But I think for now, the key messages, as you said, is Sun is an elite finisher. He's also having a good break. He will be valued by... um, by Conte and by the way he plays in the same position that Hazard played yeah, right? yeah, for, yeah, for, Conte. Yeah. for all the analysis that we've done mm-hmm. you know Hazard was the go-to guy mm-hmm. when when Conte was at Chelsea so it's a it's a wait and watch um, mm-hmm. but if I you're agree. going for one go for the one that is more accessible if you go, can go for either I think it's probably fair to say that Kane is slightly above Sun would you agree mm-hmm. with that?
0: I, I do agree because you know obviously he's on the PKs and, and uh, it seemed like he was playing higher up the pitch but uh, I, I think it's a wait and watch. I, I really don't think we can, you know, uh, essentially we might not, we might not know nothing, you know, we, we don't really know, uh, exactly who's gonna, you know, be the better asset, but I, I think this leads game will tell us a lot. Um, so Pros, I actually want to get to my final point, which is, uh, about Conte and, you know, you mentioned it very, very well. And, uh, I think you're going to have some comments on this, so I'll pre- briefly go through it. I know we're dragging mm-hmm. on here a little bit, so apologies. But, um, you know, we know of Conte as a three-back manager, right? He, he plays a 3-4-3, 3-4-1-2, and I think eventually Spurs will get to the 3-5-2, especially when the January and summer transfers come and, and he gets the players he wants. Um, the kind of story I narrative I want to outline for Sun is that... Um, Conte is not a possession-based manager like Pep, um, but he does love to build up from the back. Um, so at Juventus, when he won in his three te- winning teams, at Juventus 13-14, he had 54% ball possession, which is number four in the league. Chelsea, some, somewhere around there, number six. And Inter Milan last season, he had 52% per- possession, which is number six in the league. So this shows that he has low ball possession, but he likes to build up with short passes from the back. And the reason being is not for possession, not to increase possession, but actually bring the opposition higher up the pitch, and then he'll counter on that, right? And there's numerous ways to counter, right? Whether it's through short passes, whether it's you know through a Barella in the midfield or a Bastoni passing to Hakimi, uh, there's many ways to counter. But the the point of this is that. The evidence in his counter-attacking philosophy is that in the 16-17 Chelsea team, they had the most goals on the counter which is 7, and at Inter Milan last season they had the most goals on the counter which is 9. And who other than Kane and Son are the most dangerous on the counter, especially in the Mourinho and Pochettino era? And you know, they're combined for 35 goals, so they're one goal away from becoming, you know, the top tying the top in terms of combination of goals. And, uh, you know, in the first two games uh, in the Europa Conference, as well as the Everton game, I know we're very limited on data, but what we saw is that Sun and Lucas, as you can see in this heat map on the right, played very deep. And many people might think that this playing deep might be a kind of a, you know, a worrying sign, but actually it reinforced the idea to me that he really wants to build up from the back. They just do not have the personnel right now to build up from the back. So which is why Son and uh, Lucas are dropping deep to receive the ball. Again, on the flip side, there are many uh, promising signs of uh, link-up play. And I believe in this next game, um, we're going to see a possibly a 3-4-1-2 implemented with Los and Dombele playing that uh, hold, uh, cam, uh, I guess central attacking role. You know, what was interesting is that in the first uh, game, um Sun and Lucas got subbed on for Losso and Endombele. So I, I think to me this means that uh, Conte doesn't see Endombele as Los Celso as that triangle midfield that he wants in a three-five two, right? And so because of that, I, I'm afraid that you know we're gonna have to wait to see the three five two. But if he does implement the three four one two this game, that's that's great news for Sun and Kane. Regardless, if he does play the 3-4-3 again, whether Lucas starts or not, um, I think Son we're gonna, is going to flourish in that third-man run role. And so what I mean by that third-man role is that, uh, you know, Kane's going to drop, Lucas pins the center back in place, and Son makes that, uh, you know, uh, lethal run behind and receives the ball. And the last point I'll make is Conte has always had success with a big and small forward combination. Juventus, you had Tevez and Lorente, Italy, you had Eder and Pele, inter Milan you had Lotoro and Lukaku, and Chelsea a bit different. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Hazard is playing that Sun role, but they're a little bit different type of players, to be honest with you, because uh, I, I think Hazard, you know, is more worried about his beating the first man, whereas Sun is more capable of seeing uh you know what's gonna happen in the second man and, and third man, so he's more you know making those runs. So with that being said, I, I'm very excited to see what happens in this league game. And, uh, you know, we're going to learn a lot about um, whether Sun and Kane are going to be viable options in the short term. Uh, and they certainly will. But in the long term, I see them as being fantastic FPL options uh, moving forward. So a uh, long, long uh, summary on, on Sun there. But I hope you enjoyed uh Pross.
1: <laughs> No, it was great. It was great. I, look, I, I would say... To bring the two topics together, mm-hmm. um, a lot of managers would be in a position where you know they'd have the money, they can they can upgrade a Rafinha or an Mbumo or anyone else to a Sun or a Jota? Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, um, so let me ask you first, what do you think should be the priority? Should it should it be Jota because you know we know he's gonna be in and you will need him anyway, but he plays Arsenal? Or would you go sun? but then you sacrifice the, you know, what you said, wait and watch, let's see another game. Uh, would you sacrifice that information for going on Sun against a very easy leads, or not very easy, but an easier leads fixture than what an Arsenal fixture is for Liverpool?
0: Yeah, I, I guess the the premise of that question is to get an answer out of me of whether to bring in Son or, or Kane, and I, I understand that. Uh, I will no, say or Jota.
1: So for now, oh, so it's and Jota. between okay. and Jota. Let's, say, let's say you have one position in midfield to fill.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. I would bring in Sun. I, I honestly would bring in Sun. I have Jota. I have Jota. And so it's easy for me to say. Um, but I'm pretty bullish on Sun on doing well um, in the next, I would say, five game weeks. I would not look at just one or two game weeks. Um, but with that being said, all the arguments you made for Jota makes him a perfectly viable option as well. Um, so again, this is... Uh, This is me answering in, you know, um, present tense, but because of what happened in the last three, four game weeks of how naturally I got Kane, it was just a no-brainer to go to Jota for me. Um, So, uh, again, I I think it's a, you know, 50-50 decision, but, um, you know, Sun is the the talisman, and um, the points I made, I I feel like he's going to become a very good option with the form
1: he's shown over the international break, so... Mm right i i would actually i mean it's it's fine to disagree but i i would go jota first perfectly fine uh, mm. uh, because you would get this you know eventually go for one spurs and one jota let's say let's say if that's the structure uh you would basically get one additional week with with evaluating spurs um and look jota is in it for me um for all the reasons that i mentioned so you know at least you get a player in you know you're, you're gonna stick with for the next eight ten game weeks and you can decide between Sun and Kane uh, eventually. And one thing we didn't mention about Kane is, eventually, I think people will move to a two premium setup again. Yeah. Uh, we went through this really weird period where there's only one premium. I don't remember a time in FPL when that has been the case, but we did. But yeah. I think money will be start to get tight again when people will want Kane and then Ronaldo perhaps. So I think going, uh, you know, going Kane for that reason as well would make sense.
0: Perfect. So we're. Headed to the 43-minute mark. I know we're trying to cut it at 30 minutes, but uh, this is our first go for thank the you. viewers. Um, so I hope you understand. Uh, Pros and I are learning, and uh, we're uh, going to try our best to improve uh, week in and week out. So thank you for bearing with us so far. And to end the show, um, we're going to get to the final captaincy and transfer plan. So I have your team up here, your starting lineup for game week 12. Um, who are you going to captain? Um, Pros and any transfers you're uh, planning on making?
1: Yeah, so I have um, I have one free transfer because last week I had gotten Sun for Rafinha. Mm. So I had a lot of money extra and I still have about 2 million extra in the, in the bank. Uh, I can go Mbumo to Jota for free um, with about 0.2 million left. So that's the move I'm debating. But mm. then Mbumo is playing Newcastle, I really have to see what signals Eddie Howe is giving in terms of, you know, is he going to play attacking football? Can I trust two Brentford assets again? So it's a question for me. I, I'm very, very likely to go Mbumu to Jota uh, by Friday, uh, but I'm going to wait and, and see. Uh, in terms of captain, I think it's going to be Salah again. Um, there's no reason to go against him. I think they're. Again, favorites for scoring over 2.5 goals. Um, they're way more likely to. I think this goal-scoring odds for Jota and San are exactly the same. Salah is obviously the highest. Um, so Sala would be my pick. But if anybody had Ronaldo, this would be a good week to yep. go for him. I, you know, I wish I had Ronaldo this week uh, against Watford.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. I, you know, if I dare to give you some uh, tips or advice, I would love for you to get to that Jota move. I mean. What a beautiful team! Uh, if I, I just you know, as much as we think Newcastle is very weak defensively, and they are, um, Tony and Mbumo have really disappointed us. And uh, you know, you get Jota in there; it's just you know, it's such a beautiful looking team. So I hope you make that move, and and I'm excited for your results next week. Um, yeah,
1: thank you. And and a word on, by the way, the uh, they must be screaming Livramento fans uh, on 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 the video <laughs> and. and- listening on why he's second bench for me. Look, I think right now, um, I haven't made up my mind. So if I didn't go Jota, I could play one of the Southampton players for Mbumo as well. That's an option. But I think again, we have to remember that this is not the same Norwich. This is not the Daniel Fark Norwich. This is now, uh, you know, uh, a new manager, Dean Smith. Uh, he's, he's going to play a different way. There's going to be a new manager bounce for all the reasons that you mentioned. So, I am I, happy to sort of, again, have Livermento on my bench. Uh, I have a 50% hit rate of getting him in on. Um, <laughs> so I'm happy to kind of play the game there.
0: Very jealous of that. I, I have a 0% hit rate when it comes to getting him on. So unfortunate. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll view my team. And again, we have the exact same back line. Uh, I have a question on this back line. Um, you know, when you have James and Chilwell, uh, no brainers, right? You obviously start them. Are you worried at all about, for example, a decent team like Leicester um, and doubling up on the defense there?
1: Not really. I mean, I think Chelsea are a good defense. Last season, they shut out Man City twice, Mm -hmm. I think Liverpool, Man United. You just play. If the reason you get, if, if, you know, people, so two weeks ago, people were worried that James had played midweek. Is he going to play on the weekend? you just play the four premiums. Yeah. You don't bench Concello. A lot of people did against Man United. You just play these four guys because they can get points both ends of the pitch. Mm. So I, I personally think uh, it's, you know, this, this this video isn't for broader topics, but people are going ESR or Gallagher. I'm wondering why they're not going fourth premium. I mean, Chilwell will score for me more points than Gallagher, big yeah. thing um, to say over the next 10 weeks. Yeah, it's almost so, like,
0: Clean sheets are a are, are bonus for these guys. So, uh, you know, they're, the, the wingbacks in in uh, Tuchel's system is just amazing assets and value to have. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I do have uh, Salah, Foden, Jota, and Mbumo in my midfield. Uh, Salah is my captain currently. And in my front line, I have Tony and Kane starting. And I have the vice captain, on Kane. Uh, I know there's a lot of people tempted to captain Kane this week. Uh, But here's my advice. Uh, In game week, I think it was eight or nine, I captained him and Salah hauled. So this is why I think that week on live uh, fpl.net, I my rank was like shooting up to like, I think maybe 20k in the world. And then uh, within that one last game game, I dropped, you know, 100k down. So You know, with the effective ownership right now and the position I'm in with my uh, rank, I I just don't see the necessity in, um, you know, going against the popular captain in Salah right now and trying to work my way up slowly and and climb my rank by uh, using the strong team I have. Um, So I'm very excited for the next few game weeks and I have no transfers planned for this game week.
1: Um, I I think you're really well set up. So um, yeah, mm. I think between us, you've got Kane and I've got Sun. Fundamentally, that's the big difference between exactly. our teams. So you you have the better team. Let's let's hope uh, mm. it pans out that way for you.
0: Fantastic. So everybody, uh, thank you so much for um, you know viewing our uh, video today. It was our first go, and hopefully we uh, did a decent job. Um, we're just under the fifty minute mark, um, so twenty minutes overboard. But we will learn as we go uh Pras, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh you know you've had, you've been such a great friend to me uh this year and I'm very excited for our journey moving forward so thank you again for today um any final words and we're going to end it here
1: no i think no no final words from me on the topic but uh, thank you as well sonaldo it's been uh, you know hopefully a, a good journey together on these videos and uh, we'll try to keep it topical as as uh, as i mentioned at the beginning of these videos even get people on uh, yes. as as we get better at Mm-hmm. how to how to stream and getting people involved yeah. that's the idea behind this and uh, we'll hopefully be able to do that
0: yeah and final words uh we will do live videos eventually but uh understand that it'll take time and hopefully we can interact with the ff scout community once again and uh please do give uh Pross a follow as well as myself on twitter and uh definitely subscribe for fantasy football scout if you already haven't thank you very much and we'll see you next week
1: thank you good luck